You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. Well, the Bombers led all day and held on to win by a goal, despite the umps doing their best to get Sydney home. Yeah, well, it was great to get the win. And you're right, while I don't like to blame the umpires or even hold them responsible for our bad play, there were a few questionable frees that went Sydney's way, and I'm still wondering what one of those 50s was for. But, in any case, the boys got up, and we can just take those four points and take them to the bank. We held the lead the whole game, but you just sensed the way the umpires were officiating, and the way the Swans kept hanging around like a bad smell, that the Swans game was going to end in misery. Yeah, James. Well, look, it's two games where we've won by a goal, and it's certainly not dull being an Essendon supporter. But both games, we had the opportunity to put the game out of their reach, but we just kept letting them back in. That's definitely something we need to work on, as we just don't have that ruthless side to our game yet. Either way, though, you take the win and look forward to next week. Definitely two from two in a shortened season. It's a great start, and pleasingly, still lots of improvement to look forward to. The boys had an early start, leaving from 5am Sunday morning, and had to sit around until the twilight games, and led all day. Can't really knock that. And that's two games banked, so that's great. After the break, we'll do a full review of our win. Beauty, you're listening to Don's Cast. Well, let's get into our review of the game against Sydney. So it was the Bombers, 12 goals, 7.79. Getting up against the Bin Chickens, 11 goals, 7.73. We got off to a good start with some early goals to Waller and Jakey Stringer. But then we let them peg back a couple before finishing the quarter off to lead by 20 at the first break. What did you take from the first quarter, Jane? Oh, it was an exciting start. And when we led by 20 very early, I felt a little bit more confident, especially when Sydney were attacking the 50. Our back line was holding up really well. Then almost from nowhere, the Swans scrapped a couple of goals from contests. Uh, but again, it was pleasing to see how we settled. After they got those two goals, we got two of our own back. And as you said, we led by about 20 points at quarter time. Yeah, I was happy to get that lead back out a bit. Uh, but then the second quarter happened. And to be honest with you, I think we were pretty lucky that Sydney didn't make us pay with some pretty sloppy play from us. The Swans had more inside 50s than us. And the ball was basically locked in their forward half for a lot of that quarter. But as I said, we were lucky they only kicked the three goals, with Zerrick kicking one. And Darcy Parrish missed an absolute sitter from about 30 metres straight out in front, which sort of really hurt us at the time. But, you know, we maintained the lead, but only by six points going into the second half. What were your thoughts, Jane? The second quarter, I agree, Sydney had a lot more of the play. But, you know, we still led by 18 points with about two minutes to play in that term. And we'd really done well digging in against the flow. And as you said, that parish miss prevented us from taking the lead, despite Sydney having a lot more of the ball. The free kick to Heaney was so costly, and I'm not totally convinced Franger got him high in the head, but it certainly was sloppy and unnecessary, and I guess in some ways it made the umpire's decision very easy. Heaney snapped a beautiful goal, and then Papley got a quick goal after a Swans clearance. And as you said... It was very deflating after a very promising start. Yeah, I'd agree with that about Fraga. Look, he, I thought he actually played a not a bad game overall. He kept Heaney pretty quiet, um, if you look at the whole game. But he did have some brain fades here and there that definitely cost us. But look, 
During the halftime break, it seemed like someone got the jumper leads out and kicked Sean McKernan into life. He'd had a quiet first half, but he kicked two goals early in the third quarter to build our lead out a bit. Papley then snagged one back for the Swans before Langford, who I thought really got into the game in the second half as well, kicked one. The Swans uh, kicked another couple for the quarter, and Jakey Stringer kicked his third, and it was pleasing to see him take some strong grabs. That's definitely an area of his game that he's not really known for, so it was great to see him hold on to them and kick straight. Again, we maintained the lead, but by only eight points, and I think a lot of us were fearing a bit of a fade-out. Yeah, again, in the third, we got to that 20-point margin and just could not extend it. But having said that, those umpires were definitely doing all they could to keep the Swans in it. Smack was the target we were crying out for after so many of our entries into our forward half was intercepted by the Swans. And that's one thing about the Bombers that gets me a bit upset when we just start bombing when we're outnumbered down there. We need to be smarter and try and hit up targets. I thought Shield was important in that term. And Merritt and Saad were giving us plenty of pace to worry the Swans. But give the Swans credit, they were hanging around like a bad smell with a bit of assistance, mind you. <laughs> yeah, I've got to, got to agree with that. But look, going into the fourth quarter, we still had that slight lead, uh, but I was pretty nervous. The ball went either end of the field and no one seemed to be able to land a damaging blow. Finally, though, Smack kicked an absolute beauty from outside 50 to get us going. But then goals to Taylor and Papley had them breathing down our necks and looking pretty dangerous. There were a lot of really important moments, I thought, particularly defensive efforts from Saad and Ridley, and the more experienced head in hooker to calm things down a bit. But with just over a minute to go in the game, Darcy Parrish, who'd had a pretty quiet game up until the fourth quarter, took the mark off a smart kick from Devin Smith right on the boundary in the pocket. The angle had a bit of dom sheet about it. And so did the kick as Parrish slotted an absolute ripper and slotted the sealer. In the end, though, we won by a goal. And how did you see the last quarter, Jane? I just had that feeling the Swans would do anything to steal a game from us, like so many games before, especially in Sydney. It was pleasing when we got the first goal from Sean McKernan. I was hoping we could kick away. Then that dodgy free kick against Stringer, when the Swans player lunged at Jakey's legs, I thought, oh no, here we go again. Darcy Parrish dominated the quarter and surprise, surprise, was given an opportunity in the midfield. Bomber coaching staff, please see how much of an effort he did in that last quarter and imagine him getting more opportunities in the midfield. I plead for you to have a look at that again. Darcy had a 13 possession last quarter and surprise, surprise, his output improved with midfield opportunities. The last quarter sealer he kicked was first class and I'm sure the confidence he got from getting those opportunities went a long way for him kicking that goal. The Swans kept attacking and gave us another scare, but this time it would be us who had the last laugh. It was one of those games that you felt exhausted, just watching due to the stress of the game and the frustration of the umpiring. It was somewhat pleasing seeing Longmire upset after the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it was also great for us to finally break that SCG hoodoo. Our last win up there was in 2009, would you believe? And let us hope for many more wins to come in the future. After the break, we'll come back with our Donscast medal votes. You're listening to Donscast, and now we're up to our votes for the Round 2 game against Sydney in 2020. 
Beauty, all right. Well, I'll start off with the votes, James. And look, in a game where there were few standouts for our players, uh, and let's be honest, there are a lot of passengers who we hope will be better for the run, I get the feeling our votes are going to be pretty similar. But I'll start off with one vote, and I'm going with Kyle Langford. He was fairly quiet in the first half, but I reckon he was really important for us in the second. He kicked an important goal, but better than that, he racked up 22 possessions and kept presenting an option to help out a teammate. And as much as he gets bagged for being laconic, I was very appreciative that he was able to keep a cool head when Sydney looked ready to overrun us. I thought he played a pretty solid game for us, so one vote for him. My two votes go for Zaki Merritt. Again, I felt he was fairly quiet by his standards at least in the first half, but he was really important for us in the second half. He ended up racking up 29 possessions and kicked an important goal for us. I think his class in finding good targets was really important for us too. My three votes go to Dylan Shield. He was really important for us early, racking up plenty of the ball and using his pace to get out of congestion to force the ball forward for us. I really thought his disposals improved markedly as well. He hit a couple of short passes which went straight to the chest of a leading player. And that's a big plus because last year we saw plenty of times where he'd just kick into open space or the ball would just shank completely off his boot. So yeah, I thought he was really important for us in the contest, so three votes for him. My four votes go for Adam Saad. Again, this bloke kept us in the contest due to his desire to affect the game with a spoil here or there, or to use his speed to rip a path through the middle and get the ball going forward for us. He's got a really raking left foot as well, so like that was just great for him to push forward and give us an option in the uh, inside 50s. Uh, he's just such a reliable player for us, and I really love him in the side, so four votes for him. My five votes, though, go to Andrew McGrath. Now, look, I know we only finished with 23 disposals, but he was by far the most important player for us in the first half before Sydney really clamped down on him. What impresses me, though, is that even though he didn't pick up as much of the footy himself in the second half, he kept at the contest and laid an impressive seven tackles, which was a game high from either side. That's the sort of stuff you really need from our gun players, that they can still impact the game without having to have the footy themselves. So five votes for the Don's Cast medal from me. But what about yourself, Jamie? Which bomber stood out for you? Again, like you said, it was a hard one to vote on with players coming in and out of the game. I agree with you. One vote I gave to Kyle Langford. I liked the way he stayed in the contest and followed up his play, meaning the player he would get the ball out to had plenty of support. His height is a point of difference around the midfield, and if he can become more consistent, he'll be a very important player for us. Two votes I gave to Adam Saad. His run is great, but more than that, he's such a competitor, and importantly, he runs as fast chasing a tackle as he does with the ball himself, and that shouldn't be understated. Three votes I gave to Andy McGrath. Early on, he was everywhere, and his agility is so great to watch the way he pivots and buys himself some time. When they're under pressure, he must have been clamped down on in the second half, as uh, he did not get as much of the ball in the second half, but still a very important player for us, and went a long way towards us winning. Four votes are gave to Dylan Shield. His burst from half-back and in through the midfield is so important, and his pace out of the midfield is a real asset. I'm sure he can add a bit more around the goal area, but I like how much ball he is getting, and with the metres gained from his running and deeper kicks, it puts the ball in our forward half. Five votes, I gave to Zach Merritt. He had 29 disposals, kicked a goal, and I just love the way he chases down opponents to tackle them again, using his pace two ways. He really stood up when the Swans were coming home, and will become a leader again. 
the way that he's handled the demotion from the leadership group this year. Beauty. All right. Well, that's our rundown for the votes this week. So if we go overall, we'll start with one vote, Devin Smith, two votes from Kyle Langford, two votes to Ridley as well, three votes to Townsend, seven to Merritt, 12 to Adam Saad, 16 to McGrath, and 17 to Shield after two games. Okay, and after this break, we will go with our next segment, By the Numbers. You're listening to Don's Cast, and we are now commencing our By the Numbers segment. How does this work, mate? Well, James, each week after the game, we'll grade each player's performance based on how we saw their impact on the game. And as the name indicates, we'll start from the number one and go from there. So let's get into it, Jamie, with number one, Andy McGrath. How do you see his game? Well, as mentioned earlier, I gave him votes. I thought he had, he was so important, especially early in the game. As I said, his agility is a real asset for us. And he's such a competitor as well. That's the kind of player we need. We need two-way players, like not ones that are just going to be an offensive player. Players that are going to be defensive as well. So certainly a pass mark for me and a great game again from Andrew McGrath. Yeah, definitely, James. Really good player for us, as we sort of talked about before. And, you know, look, you picked him as your biggest riser this year, and I think he's definitely shown that. Like, his game's definitely gone to another level. Um, just an absolute gun. So, yeah, definitely a um, high grade for me. Yeah, well, like I said, he's definitely uh, on the up, and we'll see how far he can go up. I guess the next challenge for Andy is to deal with the tag. That will definitely come when you start getting more of the footy. Next player is Tom Bellchambers. How did you see him? Uh, look, I, I think a lot of people will um, will bag him out because he doesn't give us much around the ground, but what he did do was contest really strongly in the ruck. I thought he actually had the better of Sinclair. And the other thing he does really well for us is actually add that physicality. You know, as you know, I suppose most of us have sort of bemoaned over the years, we don't have a lot of players that, you know, rough up other, you know, the other side or push and bullock their way through the game. Balchamers definitely does that. And we saw in that final against Sydney in, what was it, 2017 or so, like Sinclair just belted the crap out of Hurley. Uh, and there was sort of no one else who went to him. So... Having Bell Chambers there to really go one-on-one with Sinclair, I thought was important for us. And look, while he didn't give us a lot out of the ground, um, around the ground rather, and I was pretty disappointed at some of his efforts where he just sort of stand there and wait for the ball as opposed to going toward it. Like he is still, in my opinion, our number one tap ruckman. I do think though that there'll definitely be opportunity for Phillips to come in later on as I think Bally will definitely be sore here and there in patches throughout the year so Phillips just has to bide his time and make sure he grabs the chances when they come up with both hands what about yourself mate yeah again you're right he is a bullocking kind of player uh there's a couple of instances to get me a bit upset you know there was a play there where the ball was squared up to him and he just stayed on the back foot whereas if he had have approached the ball he could have marked it instead Sydney took the ball at their end and that's the kind of thing he needs to improve. He needs to really want the footy and use that bullocking play that he uses in the contest 
when he's also in the opportunity to get the ball because I think if he can add that to his game, and I know he's getting later in his career to add things, but he's a very important player for us, as you say, in the mentality of the game for our players. But he needs to do everything he can to try and keep Phillips out, and he also needs to know that Draper's coming too. You know, when Draper gets speared again, he's going to have a couple of Ruckman breathing down his throat. So hopefully that's pressure to perform will get the best out of him. Yeah, fair call that, Jame. All right, so we'll go to the next player who had a bit of a um, funny old game, Darcy Parrish. How did you see him, Jame? Well, you know what? When we were doing our votes, I toyed with the idea of giving Parrish a vote because, let's face it, without his last quarter performance, would we win the game? And, you know, as we said here today, I'd say no. I thought he was so important. And to me, a lot of his criticisms are not his fault. I just feel he's not getting the midfield minutes he deserves. Uh, He's so good below his knees with the footy. And, you know, I'm surprised we start using players like Tipper and Stringer before him in the midfield. And, you know, we saw how good he was in that last quarter. I really hope the coaching staff look at this and, you know, give him a bit more chance to perform. And deeply, like, we don't want to lose this guy. So let's give him the opportunity, keep him content, and give him opportunities. Yeah, 100% on that, James. You know, we've been playing him off a forward flank, and like we, it's sort of like wasting a really good uh, midfielder because he's, he's got lightning hands. Um, you saw in that last quarter, like a couple of his pickups were just straight at it, and the ball was straight out to a running player. He's, he's a very clever footballer. And I think if we're you know, playing in forward pocket or forward flank, it's it's sort of wasting what a good player we've got in Darcy Parrish. And we saw in you know 2016 where you know we sort of didn't have any other opportunity. We sort of had to chuck him in uh, in the deep end, and he played really well. He's just such a gun. So I thought in this play, uh, in this game rather, you know, obviously, yep, quiet for three quarters, missed that that really important goal for us in the second quarter. So, I mean, I see your point, would we have won without him? But look, if he'd kick that goal in the second, we might not have the have the sort of um, stress we had in the last. But look, yeah, that last quarter was just unreal. 13 possessions. He was just picking it up off his shoelaces and kicking that, that goal in the end there. Fantastic. So, now nah, look, let's hope they give him the midfield minutes he deserves next game. But yeah, pass mark for me. Well, a player that ended up with one vote each from us was Kyle Langford. We've already spoken about him, but what more would you like to add about Kyle's game? Yeah, look, with with Kyle, um, look, we we know he's got really good skills. Just unfortunately, sometimes in the last few years, he's you know hesitated on that on taking those first options and got done a few times. But look, he's a super talented kid, and as you said, like his height is that point of difference. And I thought in this game, he really made use of that, and definitely his decision making looked a lot more confident. So I'm sort of hoping he gets a lot more confidence in being in the best 22 because he's definitely got the talent for it. He's just had, got to have that confidence to uh, keep backing up his performances, be um, you know super consistent, but I actually really liked his game. thought he gave us a lot, particularly in the second half, and has that calm head to really slow the game down when uh, things were getting a bit heated. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, well, again, like he had a good game. Uh, that's definitely undeniable. Again, I'd like to see a little bit more physicality out of him, and I know you can't force that out of players, but I think he's got the body to do that. So I hope he becomes a bit of a bit more aggressive at the ball. But with his height, as you said, 
that's going to be really important for us because a lot of our midfielders are you know sub six foot so we need him to be that point of difference as we said before uh next player was devon smith it wasn't your normal devon smith game but he was still an important player wasn't he yeah bloody oath he was and how good was that goal he slotted like from the pocket that that was unbelievable yeah look devon smith like again we've we just missed this bloke so much last year, so it's really great to have him back in the side because even though he doesn't rack up your you know, hundreds of disposals or kick bags of goals or anything like that, his effort and intensity at the contest is just unbelievable, and I think he really makes guys lift around him, and he certainly did that in this game. And even towards the end of the game there, like him slowing the, the game down, making that little chip kick to Darcy Parrish, who eventually kicked the sealer, I think he just keeps at the contest all day, and I actually really like his game. And while he uh, didn't get votes today, he's definitely my honourable mentions. So, no, I, I quite liked his game. What about yourself, mate? Yeah, Dev definitely is a competitor. As again, it's a key word for us, and it's one I really want to start to our side. We certainly missed him last year. Like, as I said, the year before, he led the league in tackling. He's obviously coming back from pretty serious knee surgeries on both legs. So, understandably, he probably won't get a lot of midfield minutes early in the days. But I think later in the season, he'll be getting more and more opportunities in there just because he's such a warrior in there and he really leads. And you can see why he's part of our leadership group now. Yeah, beauty. All right, so we'll go on to Zachy Merritt. Look, what more needs to be said about this bloke? He's just a class player who is able to find plays in space, and again, another competitor that was really important for us today. You know, he racked up a game-high 29 possessions, kept at the contest all game, kicked an important goal. Yeah, again, really important player for us, and it's it's actually really good to see that he's you know performed so well. I mean, last year, he obviously had his down game, and I think that's actually the benefit of having quite a few class midfielders now, in that McGrath and Shield were taking control early in the game, so Sydney clamped down on them. That meant that Merritt potentially was a bit more free and definitely started to have his own impact on the game. So, yeah, I thought it was a really good game from Zachy Merritt. But what about yourself, Jane? What do you reckon? Yeah, again, like I obviously gave him the five votes today on my end. I just thought he was a really important player in that last half. And like I said, he, the way he tackles is just great. He really hunts uh, the opponents. And he like where he slung on the arm of Heaney, just fantastic. The way he was able to, with strength, hold that arm. And Heaney's not a small bloke, so you could certainly, uh, if he had a shrugged him, who knows, we might be talking about a different result. So those kind of tackles really stick with you. So, yeah, well done, Zach. And the next player we talk about is Dylan Shield. Yeah, look, absolute gun. Was so important for us in that first half. His speed to get out of the congestion, into space, bring the ball forward for us is just brilliant. Obviously, that raking left kick of his, you know, to give our forwards the first opportunity at it is, yeah, really important for us. It'll be a lot better, obviously, going in the future. We've got a few more tall timber targets that might be able to take some of those grabs or at least bring it down to ground for our crummers. But, look, I really liked his game. I'd like him to lower the eyes and maybe have a ping at goal every now and then, but... Look, his decision-making in terms of actually finding a target as opposed to just booting the ball into space was really pleasing to see. So, yeah, absolute gun. Very happy to have him on the side. Yeah, it's been a terrific start to the year for Dylan Shield, and 
I really hope that continues. Last year, as you said, a couple of times, well, more than a couple of times, to be honest, his kicking was really substandard, to be honest. He obviously could get the ball, but some of his kicks, he just held your head and wondered, what's going on? Like, we're paying this guy so much money, yet he can't hit a target. But he seems to have worked on that, and his run is just so valuable. As I said, he's he's not a small body anymore. He's a fairly big body in comparison to our midfield. So I'm glad he's starting to use that. The only criticism I have of Dylan is sometimes I don't think he runs as hard the opposite direction as he does with the ball. So I'd love for him to have a look at players like Saad and Smith and so forth, players who actually chase two ways. And I think if Shield can do that, he'll become even more damaging. A player that may have copped a bit of stick off our supporters, I think, um, over the course of the game was Aaron Francis. How did you say it? Yeah, it was a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde game for, for Franger. Look, you know, this bloke, he's got all the talent in the world. We all know that. Like, his kicking ability uh, is fantastic. His ability to read the game and, you know, put the important fist in is great. And he even demonstrated that in this game. But, geez, a couple of those brain fade moments really hurt us. So that one, obviously, against Heaney. Like, he'd kept Heaney quiet all game. He'd done nothing. And then he just gave him that stupid cheapy over the boundary. Well, look, he might not have hit him in the head, but as you said before, it wasn't necessary, didn't need to be done, and just reeked of dumb footy, really. But in saying that, he didn't shirk away from the contest. He kept at it all game. Yes, he has these brain fade moments, but I think the talent of Aaron Francis is just, like, it's undeniable. You can't just, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think he's definitely worth persisting with, and I hope he just takes this on as a learning opportunity to sort of look at himself and go, look, my actions hurt the side on the day. We still got the four points, so we'll uh, we'll take that. But look, hopefully he just takes this, learns from it, and grows to be, you know, the player we all know he can be. What about you, James? Yeah, well, I think Aaron Francis especially is a real confidence player. We saw it the last, you know, 10 games of 2018 where he just went on a great run of form and it was sustained, you know. It wasn't one good game, it was... Yeah, eight or nine good games. And I, I guess last year he never reached those heights again, which was a little bit concerning. But I really think being such a confidence player, we have to stick with him. Uh, we have to understand that he will make errors. But I think to see the best out of Aaron Francis, we have to pursue with him. And as I said, he still took some important marks in that last quarter. I think he's a player that could definitely be part of our next finals winning side. I well hope so. Because... He has got some good skills. Yes, it can be inconsistent with those as well. But, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be a player for us. And I just hope we persevere with him and get his confidence up to the point where he can match that form from 2018, especially in the back half. Well, a player that, if we thought Francis was under some pressure, uh, let's talk about David Zarakis' game. Oh, geez, well, like, where do you start? I mean, like... I was very disappointed, if I'm completely honest with you. This is a senior bloke who, you know, yes, you hear everything from the club. He's so good for the young players. He takes them under his wing and, you know, helps their development unbelievably. And that's why he's in the leadership group. And that may be the case, but that's what we have coaches for. Like, you know, coaches are off the field. We need players on the field. And to have a, a bloke of 
David Zaharakis' ability, I don't think any of us dispute that he's a very talented player. Like t- to put in a game like today where he, you know, not only did he not pick up any of the ball, but you know he sort of failed to help that team defense that the team is working at. I didn't see him chase and tackle particularly hard at any stage all game, and that really hurts us. It, they like those players that they take the spot of a young bloke who probably be bursting for that game, like a Braden Ham or you know even a a Gleason who's just hurting for a game. And Zaharakis puts in an effort like that. I was pretty disappointed. Look, he is a really good player on his on his day. Don't get me wrong. But look, he just really didn't show up today for mine. And it's just my blunt assessment. How about yourself, Jane? Yeah, as I said, look, David's given us some great moments in Bomber history. But I just hope that he's got something to add for the future. Because, to be honest, I, I've seen him going on a downhill spread like the last couple of years. I I'd like to see him, yeah, if he really wants to make a crack of it, he's been added to the leadership group. He needs to show that on field. And to do that, he needs to either contest and get the ball or tackle more. You know, we're not seeing the tackles. You know, he obviously can run. He's got to learn to run both ways. And again, he is late in his career. But he needs to do that consistently to set an example to these young players to show it's not about if I'm having a good game and I can get all the ball I need. I need to do the team thing and actually help our side win the game. And sometimes that might be in a defensive role. Today, you couldn't say that he added anything to the game, especially in the defensive efforts or the attack. So I don't expect him to be dropped because obviously he's a leadership player. But, you know, the pressure is going to be on him and he needs to know there is players, like you said, Ham, who is bursting for a game. We know McKenna's in the wings. You know, these players are probably quicker than David now. So David needs to really cement his spot in the side by actually playing to his level and his expected level. Yep, so both agreed there. But look, the next player will be an interesting one. So we got Tommy Cutler. With Tommy's game, from my reading of it, it just looks like a bloke who, like he's still learning about the Essendon game plan as well as learning about the game styles of the uh, of the team. I mean, obviously, he's just come to us over the last trade season, so he's still learning. But look, he's got a lot to offer. You know, he kept running all game, so I, I think he, while he didn't have a huge impact on the game, I don't think the effort was the problem. Like, he, he definitely kept pushing all game. But look, didn't have a lot of it, but didn't hurt us in any way. So, I mean, for mine, it was a, a pretty average game, but there's definitely a player there, uh, someone who can run all day. So I think when we get to the bigger grounds, like your MCG and stuff like that, obviously with M- the SCG being a smaller ground, you know, we'll see him really be able to use his run. But yeah, today, definitely better for the game. How about yourself, James? Yeah, well, Cutler, uh, as I said, everyone knows he's got a booming kick. He's six foot four. He doesn't play overly aggressively for that size, but that's fine. Like, he's a runner. For me, I, I thought with the smaller ground, he had the opportunity to have a ping at some long-range goals, and he seemed to want to do the team thing by pulling up. So uh, I understand that. He's just finding his way into the side. And uh, and like we said during the team selection last week, I think him and Braden Ham are probably fighting for the same spot. So for Cutler, he needs to keep it up, keep learning the game plan, and start using his offense, which is his uh, long-range kicking. He needs to make that a real asset to make him, you know, a, a certain member of our side. The next player is Jordan Ridley. 
How did you see Jordan's game? You know, if you looked at his game early, you'd probably think, geez, this bloke is pretty unlucky to miss out on the votes, really. Like, he's just so composed. He's got great skills. And, you know, his ability to read the play is just brilliant. I've really liked his game, and I thought he kept contesting all game. I guess, you know, in terms of the actual game itself, I thought he had, like, I'd say definitely a pass at least, but he's got a lot more to offer. So I think if he can bank these games and get the experience up, and then build upon his confidence to really start using those skills to make some more damaging plays. Like, he'll be a super asset for us. So, yeah, really liked his game. And what about yourself, James? Yeah, the Riddler, or the Riddles, um, he's played really well the first two games of the season, even though they were 12 weeks apart. He's been really good. He's Like I said, his skills are phenomenal. I reckon he's our probably one of our best kicks at the club. And you kind of feel assured when he's got the ball probably going to hit up the target so as i said uh, last week when we we're discussing round one i think if he can add the physicality a little bit of a physicality i don't expect him to be a enforcer but if he can hold up his own in the you know aggression stance he'll actually be even more valuable so he's definitely cementing his spot in that half back line and i hope that uh, that continues and we don't succumb and uh, drop him down the track just because, you know, maybe it's a everyone thinks Gleason should come in, but I'd love to see Marty in, but I don't think it should be at Ridley's expense. Well, the bear, Michael Hurley, how did you see his game? Yeah, look, I think with Hurls, he didn't have an outstanding game, but he was definitely better than he was in round one. But I think the real value of Hurl, having Hurls there in games like this is we still do have quite a young back line. So having him as a you know sort of general, as people like to say, down there to sort of keep our structures, to make sure that everyone's playing their role, I reckon super important for us. Is kicking, to me, I don't feel as assured as I do when, when Ridley or a McGrath or a Redmond has the ball. So, like, I, you know, basically, as soon as he's got the ball, it's going long and down the line. But that's not a bad thing. He's, he's reliable. So for me, yeah, like an all right game, not outstanding, but yeah, you, you're definitely going to see him next week. How about you, James? Oh, yeah, he definitely beat his opponent today, which is important. And as I said, he's a, he's a leader. You can see that the players really uh, you know, gather underneath him. They they want to see him be their captain. Uh, like, you know, not a captain is in takeover Heppel's spot, but almost captain of that back line. And he's got a great adversary down there um, in terms of Kale Hooker. But uh, the Bear or Michael Hurley really needs to be our main player that really governs that back line and keeps them all together. Uh, I know Ben Rutten said during the week that he calls out to Michael Hurley to lead our back line. So I guess as a leader, he's expected to make sure that back line is playing the right way and in most terms, Rutten's way, which is going to be very important for us to finish where we want to finish later on in the year. Jacob Townsend, he was a bit quieter than the first game he played. But, yeah, well, let's uh, talk about him. I thought he was pretty good today. Yeah, I think better for the run. Obviously, didn't have a lot of the footy. He didn't kick his bag of goals that he did in the first. But, look, I, I just like that he kept at the contest all game. And, like, some of those tackles were huge. Like, that one he laid on Kennedy was was massive, just piled, piled straight into him, um, which is brilliant to see. Like, we haven't had players of that kind of physicality 
in the Essendon side for a long time. And definitely, yep, while his output was, was down this week, it's not through lack of effort. And I reckon, you know, having someone like Townsend around our forward line, which, look, let's let's be honest, when you've got Snelling, Smith, Tipper, are, uh, you know, not of a uh, larger stature, like having someone like Townsend there does make them walk a little bit taller at least. So better for the run, not a great game, but what about yourself, James? How do you see it? Yeah, well, when I said uh, he played a pretty good game, I meant more in his efforts. And I like the way that he really tackled hard and he tackles to hurt. And, you know, that's really good to see. You know, you want your players to have some physicality. And I certainly think it makes the backline players or your opposition more nervous when they know if they do get stuck in a tackle, they're going to feel it. And uh, we saw that early in the piece with like Callum Mills with Tipper. But I think Townsend can add that in our forward line. Put some fear in that back line player's mind that, hey, if I don't get this right, I'm going to be picked up. So that was a really good thing. The skipper Dyson Heppel made his return. How did you see him? Yeah, again, better for the run. Got into the game a bit more in the third and fourth quarter. Didn't have a huge impact on the game otherwise. But I guess the, the pleasing thing is, look, he still looks fit. And the the best thing for mine is we weren't relying on Dyson Heppel to will us into the game. Too many times over the last couple of years, Dyson has really been that player to put his hand up and say, come on, boys, come with me. And he can't do it all the time. We can't continually be relying on one player to do it for us. So he's definitely got support now, which is fantastic. And look, I'm I'm not saying that he was a passenger out there today because like I know his effort's definitely there. Um, he's hard at the contest. And you can't understate the leadership he provides to the other players out there on the ground. But look, not a massive game from Hep, but um, as I said, better for the run. How about yourself, Jane? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Dyson Heppel had a really good game in terms of he worked his way into the game. And you know, when I say a really good game, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he was boat-worthy or you know, he was off the pace, obviously, early in the game. But pleasingly, he worked his way into the game especially in the last quarter, and it was very fierce last quarter. You know, we needed players to put their head over the ball. We needed players to stand up. And I thought Hep showed that he could do that. Obviously, as we said, we, he'll be much better for the run. But uh, Dyson Heppel, don't underestimate what he means to the side. And, uh, yeah, I think for Hep, yeah, he'll only improve from this performance. Jakey Stringer, he had a funny day. He didn't get much of the ball, but... He ended up with three goals. How did you see him, mate? Yeah, well, look, any day where you get three goals, you'd say that's a pretty good day at the office. Sort of a bit funny because, you know, in the round one game, he he played a lot in the midfield, whereas in this game, in and out, but didn't seem to play as much in the midfield. So I'm not sure if that was uh, just a managing minutes kind of thing or you know, managing back into to fitness or something like that. But no, I thought he was it was decent for us. And as I sort of mentioned earlier, like he's... His ability to take a few strong grabs was really promising. Look, he's generally not your sort of lead-up marking kind of forward. He's more your sort of, you know, magic kind of pull stuff out of you behind kind of player. And no, I just love his effort around the ground, his willingness to get to the contest. And yeah, adding that string to his bow where he can take some strong grabs and kick straight is just great. So yeah, look, three goals, you'd definitely take that any day of the week. So yeah, pretty happy with his game today. What about yourself? Yeah, well, I thought Jakey actually could have ended up with five, really. 
You know, he had that one where the Sydney Swan player lunged at his legs. That could have easily been a free kick to Jake. And then in the last quarter, you know, I think he was so bemused that the free kick went to the Swans player when he clearly had taken the mark. And I felt he was being held on to himself. So, you know, for me, Stringer could have ended up with five. Yes, he didn't get a lot of the footy, but he's a real great player for us. And, you know, I've loved since he came over from the dogs into the Bombers' side. He's uh, one of my favourites. I just love watching him, and he can provide some, you know, unique highlights. So, yeah, I, I wasn't disappointed in Jake's game at all. I, I thought he was pretty good, and as I said, yeah, he wasn't far away from a five-goal performance. Kale Hooker, number 26. He's, uh, you know, first game for a while. He missed a lot of the games in the back half of last year. How did you see his game? Yeah, it was actually um pretty promising he seemed to move a lot more freely than he did last year. I mean, look, we sort of saw him last year where he, he just couldn't move that freely because his, his back and his hip was was giving him all sorts of trouble. So this game, he seemed to move a lot better. Obviously, not going at full flight. He was uh, definitely just relying on more of his smarts around the footy to get to the contest, which allowed him to get there and affect them as opposed to his, you know, his athletic ability, should I say. But look, he... Um, I thought he played quite well, and definitely towards the end of the game there, where there was a few entries into the forward fifty for Sydney, which he cut off. Like that was uh, that was huge for us, particularly that part of the game where the Swans were ready to overrun us at any minute. Um, and I thought his his steady head back there, being able to you know take a few grabs or put a important punch in here and there was really important. So again, like better for the run, he'll having that I suppose you know extended uh, preseason. Uh, going to this game, he's not going to be at um, 100%. So better for the run and looking forward to him getting back into full flight pretty soon. James? Yeah, well, some talk about him potentially playing up forward, but obviously he's much more comfortable down back. He, yeah, he used his smarts today. Yeah, he, we can all see he doesn't own any pace anymore. He's really, he looks a bit uh, you know slow on his feet, but... He doesn't lack for uh, his efforts in terms of, yeah, he knows his limitations and he plays with them. So he knows how to get involved in a contest. And he's got those long arms that really help, you know, just when you think a Swans player is going to take a mark, he got his hand in there a couple of times. So, yeah, he's a really important player for us. And I still think, yeah, there may be a time where he's called to play up forward again, like he did against uh, GWS last year, because he... Every time he plays forward, he seems to know where to get the ball up as a forward as well. So, yeah, I, I thought Hooks' game today was pretty good. And like I said, he, he's not going to lead any uh, possession tallies, but his smarts are very important for us. And him and uh, Hurley make a great tandem with their experience for our younger back line. Talking about our back line, we've got Mason Redmond. How did you see him? Yeah, Red is... I, um... Yeah, I didn't mind his game. I mean, he probably wasn't as prolific as he has been in, in others. But look, I, I just love the way he goes about it. He's he's hard at the contest and his ability to sort of run up and down the wings to create an out for us, like his ability to hit a target as well is, is just great. I'm very happy that his elbow where he fell and nearly got Kennedy, uh, it missed. So pretty happy he should be available for the next game. I think, again, like he was supported to have been coming off soreness um, over the last couple of weeks. So I was, I was happy to see him out there 
first of all, and I think you know he'll definitely be better for for having this game. You know, I suppose getting it out of his system and hopefully really um, you know pushing forward and building from here uh, as the season goes on. What about yourself, Jan? Mason, yeah, I like the way he goes about his footy. He plays with a bit of mongrel about him, and as I said, uh, reminds me of the days when we had players like Solomon and Mark Johnson and so forth. Those kind of players that had a little bit of presence about him, and Mason's definitely got that. He's also still got some really good skills, as you mentioned. He's he's a very good bit of a pass, and with his um, aggression, yeah, he's a very important player for us, and I think he'll continue to be throughout this season. Player that I didn't really notice as much today was uh, Mac Wilfie. What did you think of him? Yeah, Guelphie, he's um, look what I what I like about Guelphie is he, he can basically play him anywhere, and you know he's going to be able to play that role like to a fair standard. Look down back today, he actually like got to a few contests and took a really great mark late in the game. Can't remember if it was the third or the fourth, but like I I thought his efforts all game were were really good, and it, like even in the first half of the game, I thought, oh, geez, like, I'm, he's he's a bloke who's always going to get the best out of himself because he's, his effort is always there. No, he doesn't have the polish of class players like your, your McGrath or your Zeritz or something like that, but one thing he doesn't lack for is his effort, and he keeps going all game. Look, quite er tonight than he has been in previous games, and obviously not a standout, but he definitely doesn't hurt us, and I think as the season wears on, his ability to play at different parts of the ground, you know, as the coaches need to sort of switch him, will be a massive asset for him. Because I mean, personally, when I when I look at Guelphie, I find him just outside the twenty-two. But that ability to play all around the ground, I think he'll find himself playing quite a few games because he does add that versatility, which I think is very important for us, uh, particularly if we get an injury at any time of the the game. So, yeah, an all right game for Guelphie today. But what about you, Jane? What do you reckon? Yeah, well, he's your, your true utility, isn't he? He's uh, one of those players that you, know, you can plug and play, as they say, where you can plug him anywhere and he'll he'll do his best. Yeah, I just didn't think he found the footy enough today. Like, yeah, you know, I know that wasn't his role. Like, his role was to play tight, competitive uh, footy. But yeah, for me, Mac Welfie, I've seen him kick some nice goals. You know, just using his long kick, and sometimes I think he keeps that foot locked up a bit whether it's a self-preservation thing or not but I think he needs to show what he can do on the offense even from the back line in terms of hitting those targets because he as I said I've seen him really square up some long-range kicks that have led to goals especially in his VFL days they were um he had some great games like that and yeah he needs to get that confidence to play like that in the senior side as well so yeah Mac Welfie definitely can improve but uh he certainly is a willing competitor. And as we're talking about, that's a bit of a theme for us. We love those competitive players. Another one of those is Will Snelling. Yeah, Snello had a um, bit of a funny old game where he didn't like rack up a huge amount of possessions. He didn't even kick any goals today. But what he did do was push to every contest he could get to. He had some really important handballs that were ended up in goal assists. And like I like the way he goes about it. But I think he will be a victim of um, having too many players who play that sort of similar role. I mean, obviously, you got, you know, Dev Smith, you got Tipper, Fantasia might be coming back. So that sort of small forward or, you know, sort of pressure forward kind of role 
you know, we've got plenty of blokes to play that role. So I think, you know, really, yep, while I love the effort and stuff like that, I think he might need to um, show a bit more to keep his spot in the side. So, look, an okay game for Snelling, but, um, yeah, I think he might find himself in a bit of danger come team selection. What about yourself, James? Yeah, look, uh, I don't like to criticise players, and Will Snelling, uh, his effort, unquestionable. And even in that last quarter, there was a really important tackle he did just before the siren went that kept the ball from you know rebounding back into the Sydney forward line. So, you know, he's an important player in terms of the way that he plays. But you're right, there is a lot of players that want to get into this side. And, you know, we know Connor McKenna's asking to play forward. you got Orazio Fantasia who wants to play forward. You know, these players are going to be knocking on the door and... Uh, Will Snelling has to do everything right to retain his spot in the side. So I guess the thing for him to add is maybe finding a little bit more of the footy. If not, making himself involved a bit more because, as I said, with short players, they don't have another string to their bow sometimes. And what I mean by that is that you can't use them as a lead-up target all the time because you know we've got so many similar players like that. So sometimes... You wonder, will the selectors go with someone like a Laverde, for example, if they're asked to choose between those two players just because Laverde can add a hit-up option. So that's the kind of thing Will Snelling has to do is to cement his spot, is to make himself more valuable. But having said that, his effort's fantastic and certainly adds a lot to the team when he's in. And uh, he's been a real uh, surprise since coming across in that mid-season draft. Next player was Adam Sard, and we both gave him votes. What did you think of his game? Yeah, love Sardi. Like, he just goes to the contest all game. And, you know, he sort of said earlier about Parrish, you know, would we have won without his last quarter? But all the efforts from Sard, like, you know, I don't see us winning without Sard continuing to push the contest. Those important fists, you know, his ability to, to get to the ball, pick up and just burst away from the packs with that blistering speed he's got, as well as that sort of raking left kick where he just brings it into our forward 50 and gives our forwards a chance to get real dangerous down there. I just don't think he can be understated. He was so good in today's game, you know, racked up a, quite a few posies today and, you know, I definitely think, you know, continuing to win win a number of fans since coming to us from, from the Gold Coast a few years ago now and, um, nah, just love him in the side and love love your work, Sardi. All right, what do you reckon, James? Yeah, he's a great player, Sardi, and, you know, I don't wonder how many of us really knew what we were getting when we got him across to the club. You know, obviously, he led the league the year that he left Gold Coast with uh, the amount of bounces he had. But even before then, he was getting criticised because he was maybe taking a bounce every five steps or whatever it was. So that was a kind of a, a pot shot at him as the reason he bounces the ball so much is he's bouncing unnecessarily. But since he's been at the Bombers... Yeah, when he goes on those runs, it's just breathtaking to watch. But he's had that competitiveness as well, where he just hates to be beaten. And that's a great trait from a backman. And, you know, when Sadi's on the run, few better things to see on the footy field. So, love his work. He's been a great get for us. And, you know, he's going to be another player that we can watch develop because he's still only at the midpoint of his career. Uh, next one is AMT. How did you see Anthony McDonald tipping Woody's game? Yeah, with Waller. Look, 
he was obviously really important for us in the first quarter where he um, laid that huge tackle, which was just awesome. You know, kicked a couple of goals. And for like from there, he was pretty quiet in the second and third quarter, really. like We sort of tried rolling him through the midfield to get him involved in the game. And like he did a bit, so he still made some contests and still kept pressuring in the forward line, but just you know didn't have as much impact in the second half of the game. As he did in the first, but I think like the one thing he has is that presence in terms of like people know if they don't get the ball out of that four fifty quickly, they're gonna get done. So players, you know, from Sydney definitely rush their kicks where they might have had a bit more time than they thought, based on that sort of perceived pressure that he creates. So look, two goals, you you're gonna be pretty happy with that from a small forward. So definitely a pass mark for mine. He can obviously improve and try and affect a few more contests but look I'm I'm pretty happy with a with a bloke who kicks a couple of goals and yeah keeps pressuring all game so how do you see it Jane? Yeah well he was one of the ones that had a question mark on him even being available and I know earlier in the week last week we probably thought he was definitely no chance to play in the game but he he is again a great tackler and his endeavour is definitely admirable but uh, I think you know with AMT like as I said, if you get two goals out of a small forward each week, you'll be very happy. And, you know, AMT, although he was relatively quiet in the second half, he still is, you know, a real barometer for us, I think, in terms of getting us up and going. And, yeah, he, he kind of inspires others. So, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy with AMT. He'll be better for the run again. Like, again, we've, we've been adding that. But it, the fact is, it is their first game in 12 weeks. So... You know, these players that are going to play much better as they get you know, back into the groove of playing AFL footy each week. So AMT will be one of those, I hope. And the last player on our list is Sean McKernan. And after a quiet first half, he's improved in the second half, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even in the first half, like it's not like, like his effort wasn't there. It definitely was. He was definitely making the contest, but... Just not clunking those those marks that we've seen him take over the time where he's up and about. But yeah, as you said, that second half, he um, yeah, got back into the game, kicked three really important goals for us. Like he's, you talk about a confidence player, like that's Sean McKernan all over. Kicked those two goals uh, in the third. And then in the fourth, you know, he uh, takes a mark outside 50 and then he decides to just launch it and yeah, it sails right through. So that was definitely based on the confidence he picked up in the third, I reckon. And it was just great to see. So, look, you get three goals from anyone. That's always a uh, a pass mark at the very minimum. But what he does need to work on is like making sure he does impact the game more consistently over each of the four quarters. You can't just show up for five minutes and play here and there. You, know, you sort of go at the game all day, particularly... With Essendon's side, we we don't have a lot of tall timber, particularly up forward. Uh, so he's really important for our structure, and we really need him to at least make contests so our small forwards uh, could sort of crumb off his efforts and get some goals from there. But yeah, look, three goals, got to be happy with that. So I was fairly happy with his game, but obviously just hoping for a bit more consistency from him. So what did you reckon, Jane? Yeah, it was Sean McKernan, like three goals very good effort in the you can almost say low scoring you know game so i thought he, he was pretty good uh the one thing that frustrates me with sean mckernan is at times he he just gives away the ball to the opposition especially in our forward half 
it was, it was some silly free kicks. I'd love to, for him to refrain from that. You know, sometimes he, you can just tell he's going to grab hold of that Sydney Ruckman and it's going to be turned over for them and it's an easy out. I'd rather him suck it up, let him have the ball in a contest and then try and apply a tackle. Don't get beaten by giving away free kicks by trying to hold on to players when you're out of the ruck contest. Let them beat you in the ruck contest, but then double down and go for a tackle. It keeps the ball in our forward half and gives our smalls a chance to hunt that ball while it's in there. So, yeah, for him, good effort to kick three goals in a game. Uh, I'm glad he did. And as I said, the only thing I'd love to see, as you said, his confidence uh, and his consistency would yeah, it would be great if that was more consistent. But also, um, yeah, the free kicks, he has to address that because we've seen him do it for a number of years now and uh, I need to see that he's learning, you know, because ultimately if uh, we give away those free kicks, they're just missed opportunities in our forward line. So, yeah, I hope the coaches are speaking to him about that. All right, well, after the break, we'll finish up and we'll do our bomber side predictions for round three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Don's Cast, and this is our final segment before the end of the show. We're talking about who we think will make the side for round three from long range, obviously, after the game this evening. So, looking at the side, mate, who do you think will make the side for round three? Who's coming in and who's coming out? Yeah, well, it'll be pretty interesting. So, I mean, while there's always going to be opinions on um, how blokes will pull up and that kind of thing, I mean, personally, I'll look at players like Bell Chambers and Hooker. Will they be able to pull up after this game and will they be fit to play play the next? But like, we'll hope they stay strong and they'll be there for, for round three. And I guess I want to really underline that, you know, when we make these predictions, you know, it's not based on things that we'd like to see happen because, you know, geez, I'd I'd love to see a player like um, Zaharakis uh, dropped after today's game. As I sort of said earlier, I've, I didn't think it was to the level required, but as he's in the leadership group, uh, you just know he's, he's going to stay in the side. So the changes to the side that I think will actually occur are out of the side, Snelling and Guelphie. Again, both of these guys, look, you can't question their effort. It was definitely their all game. But there are players that can probably just offer a bit more for us in terms of the structure of the side and like their ability to impact on the game. So coming into the side, I would have McKenna uh, as a definite. And um, given that Guelphie was in the back line today, I'd almost go a uh, Paddy Ambrose. I think, given Melbourne do have quite a lot of inside mids, if they start to get on top of us, would we go Paddy Ambrose, uh, chuck him in the middle to almost to sort of tag someone or make sure they hurt every time they get the footy to help us get back in the contest a bit? Um, I think Paddy Ambrose might be a good person to come into the side. Um, I think he's really important for us in terms of, you know, he's, he's another one who's just pushes the contest all game. You know you're gonna. He's he's never gonna shirk a contest, uh, and I love the way he goes about it. But what about you, James? Like, what is, what's your sort of side gonna look like? Yeah, again, I feel like I'm picking on the players that you said because I I probably feel the same. I feel Guelphie and Snelling are probably the most likely to be dropped from the side. 
Um, and I, I can actually see McKenna coming in. Obviously, you know, they've given him an extra week off. But I, I think his pace is pretty important. So I think uh, McKenna can come in and could potentially play down back. But we know he wants to play up forward as well. So we know Guelphie played down back today and Snelling played up forward. So McKenna could definitely fit in for either of those two. But um, the other player, we're still not 100% on his situation, but I'm reading reports Fantasia may be available. So I think if he was, he would be named. So, yeah, I would actually go McKenna and Fantasia to make the side. I do like your point about Ambrose. Uh, yeah, We've seen him play on players like Fife before, and the reign of form that Petrarca's in... Uh, Ambrose could be a player that could be an option to run with a player like that. But I haven't got Ambrose making the side yet because I don't think the Bombers would be looking to drop Aaron Francis. And I think at the moment, Paddy's got to bide his time and wait for his name to be called out of the hat, so to speak, to get his opportunity. The other option is if uh, we want to make a change and maybe try a hooker up forward, maybe we'd go with Ambrose to supplement that. But from long range, I think my changes will be out Snelling and Guelphie and in McKenna and Fantasia. Again, that's based on Fantasia being available. Well, that's our third edition of Don's Cast. Mate, this is a marathon session for us. This is our longest episode. But um, I feel our review shows will be a bit longer. How do you feel about them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we love... Just talking about the the game, the players, obviously, because as as fans, uh, it's good to have that bit of dialogue and you know get a bit of different perspective. So yeah, I think these review shows will definitely be our longer ones in our format. So yeah, hopefully, um, you know, a couple of people have a have a listen to this and get a bit of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but you know, as always, please uh, feel free to send your feedback to our Twitter handle at Donscastpod or to our Gmail account at Donscastpod at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear some feedback. Uh, we've had some you know, a good uh, induction. You know, we had over a hundred listeners so far since we started. So yeah, you know, it's only been over, just over a week and a bit. So yeah, we're happy with that. We we have a small following, but um, yeah, you know, we hope that Essendon fans do get some interest out of this, and yeah, you know, we're enjoying doing it. And you know, if you'd like to. Uh, give us some feedback, either positive or negative. We're big boys. We can take the uh, the hits if we have to. Uh, please provide it. We, you know, we won't feel offended. We just know that it's a way of improving ourselves. So for that, uh, let's look forward to the side that's going to be named on Thursday. And with that, I'll say go Bombers. Go Dons.